This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Rebel Author Podcast. So this one is not numbered, um, even though it does take me, I suppose, closer to 100 episodes. Although I actually think I may have passed 100 technical episodes, um, but I, I, I don't count the bonus episodes uh, because they are just me rambling and waffling. Although hopefully... <laughs> in amongst the random waffles, there are some juicy tips in today's episode. So if you haven't guessed already, this episode is all about side characters and helping me to celebrate the launch of Eight Steps to Side Characters, how to craft supporting roles with intention, purpose and power. Okay, so there's going to be none of the normal stuff except, uh, you know, all of that intro stuff except for um, this episode is sponsored by Kobo. So I'm going to play a quick word from the sponsor and then I'm going to dive into the tips for the show. Hey Rebels, we're from Kobo Writing Life, Kobo's free, fast, and easy self-publishing platform. Kobo Writing Life was built by authors for authors, and our team of dedicated book lovers is always working hard to help authors reach new readers around the world. One of the ways we're doing that is by giving you the chance to reach subscription readers by opting your titles into Kobo Plus. Kobo Plus is our subscription program, which offers thousands of titles in an all-you-can-read catalog to readers in select countries. It's currently available in the Netherlands, Belgium, Portugal, and Canada with plans to expand, so stay tuned for that. Authors can opt into all territories or pick and choose as they please. It's really important to us that authors retain complete control over their work, which is why we will never ever ask you to be exclusive. You can opt your books in on a per title basis and continue selling them on all other retailers. Kobo Plus helps get your books in front of a new audience of subscription readers who are a different audience than our typical a la carte readers and allows you to earn money on top of your a la carte sales. Authors get paid for every minute spent reading, including rereads, so opt your books in now and reach even more Kobo readers. If you want to learn more about Kobo Writing Life, check out our blog, podcast, and find us on social. You can create your free account at kobo.com slash writing life. Now back to Sasha. Happy writing. So the first thing I wanted to do was talk about uh, what side characters really are and what they do. Oh, actually, before we dive into this, you can clearly see I'm all over the place. It is the delirium, guys. I am deliriously tired at this point. Um, okay, so uh, the, what I wanted to tell you is that I did record some funny kind of mini three minute or so videos uh, highlighting some of the tips that I'm going to be talking about here. But the videos, um, Sam, who is incredibly talented, uh, edited them and put loads of funny graphics and GIFs and things all over them. So if you would like to check those out, you can either check my Instagram TV uh, on my profile, which is at Sasha Black Author. Or you can check out YouTube, uh, where I have also posted them. You can just search for my channel, um, search for Sasha Black. That's Sasha with a C and not an S. Um, but I'm going to talk about them in slightly more detail here. But those videos are super fun and, you know, in my usual silly dick joke type self. <laughs> Okay, anyway, back to the point. What are side characters and what do they do? Well, I like to talk about uh, side characters in terms of uh, if your story was a body. 
um, your protagonist would be the heart of your story. And the theme of your book would be, I guess, like the soul of your story. But your side characters are, let's call them the arteries that both feed your heart, your protagonist, oxygen, and take away the shit in the veins. Um, or, or the other way around. <laughs> what is year 10 biology? Anyway, um, so yeah. I think that side characters are often underutilized and underrated. And it's because writers don't necessarily know what to do with them, how to get them to form um, some kind of functionality in your story and how to use them to your best advantage. But this is the thing, because side characters really truly are little literary sluts. They do so many things, or I should say they can do so many things in your stories. They can work as plot devices. They can function as information revealers. They can provide different representations of the theme. Um, and I have a whole chapter in the book uh, chapter two or step two I should say which which covers that and goes into a lot of detail about theme and well theme and side characters but what else can they do they can set the tone for a scene they can help to world build they can also help you as the narrator to I guess do intentional exposition but exposition without it being that telling um, you know form of exposition that we're all warned against um, and they can help you narrate and I have a section on that as well which is step four and they can also create conflict and drive your story's plot and pace by either pushing the protagonist in a direction or pulling the protagonist in a direction. And um, I have a whole section on that in step eight. So yeah, I just wanted to pay side characters their dues because I feel like a lot of writers ask questions about side characters and don't utilise them to full effect because they don't know what they can do with them. Well, you can do so many different things, as I've just talked about. They can also bring a sprinkling of humour into your story and they they are less restricted than your protagonist because your protagonist is has to abide by, you know, story arc rules, genre rules, um, and therefore there is less flexibility with your protagonist than there are your side characters. So that's the first reason why I think you guys should pay more attention to your side characters and also why you should read the book because I cover all these wonderful things. All right, the next big thing that you guys need to know about are the different types of side character. Now, typically, a lot of people expect me to talk about archetypes um, because that is how we are taught to think of side characters. And yes, archetypes are important and they have a use and there's a section dedicated to them. However, I think that's step five, I want to say. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm too delirious at this point. Anyway, there is a section on archetypes, but I don't feel like archetypes are the most useful 
descriptions or ways of breaking down side characters because it doesn't really show you how to build them or how how much page time a side character requires or which characters require um uh story arcs or subplots etc so that's why i created my own explanation and breakdown. So I class side characters as in three different ways. Cameo characters, minor characters and major characters. And of course there is a gigantic uh, section in the book all about this, but I'm going to give you a brief overview in this episode. So cameo characters are fleeting and brief. They don't really need any depth and you can, if you would like to, make them caricatures. And I know I'm, I'm probably terrifying some people by saying that and there's lots of shocked, you know, how dare you? blasphemy. Yes, darling, I, I blaspheme a lot. Um, no, the, the point is you can have caricatures. Your cameos are not in your story enough for them to be anything more than that. Um, so cameos really are like cameos in a film. One of my favourite examples of a cameo is the woman in the red dress in The Matrix. And if you haven't seen The Matrix, <laughs> this is probably not going to make a lot of sense. But um, there is a scene where Neo, the protagonist, goes back inside the Matrix and he's training with Morpheus in downtown New York. And um, everybody is wearing bland clothing. They are um, walking down the streets, all busy, hustle and bustle. And then all of a sudden, there's this one flash of colour, which is the woman in the red dress. And she walks past Neo and uh, Morpheus asks Neo if he was paying attention. And Obviously, Neo says yes, but we all know he wasn't because he was looking at the very sexy woman in the red dress. And um, that's the point, really. We don't, as as viewers of that film, we don't really know anything else about her. We remember that she wore a red dress and that um, I think she was blonde and she was wearing heels and she was rather pretty. But that's it. And that's the case for a cameo. Often they have these very bland labels like the girl with the teddy or a guard or receptionist. They don't even always have dialogue and that's completely okay. Another example is Stan Lee, uh, who was the Marvel comic uh, author and he often appeared in the Marvel movies for like 10 seconds and that was it. Um, so these characters don't need subplots, they don't need massive descriptions of them um, and they don't need character arcs. The next type of character is a minor character. Now, minor characters appear more often uh, in your story, but they still don't really have an impact on the story itself or the protagonist. One big mistake that writers often make is to try and give their minor characters character arcs or, you know, significant subplots. And that just doesn't need to be done. They shouldn't have uh, character arcs because if they do have character arcs then um, they should be major characters and in your story more be given more depth etc so I suppose the key message here is that it is okay to have minor characters that don't have story arcs that don't have subplots um, and aren't full of depth but you can create the illusion of depth and I do go into that in a bit more detail in the book I wanted to give you an example of uh, these minor characters. And so one of the examples I will give, and I know lots of people have a problem with JK Rowling because 
um, of her views and her transphobia and I also dislike her views and um, her transphobia but um, her books are so well known it's very uh, easy to create an example that lots of people will understand. So I am going to use this example um, and it's Mr Filch. So Mr Filch is definitely a minor character in Harry Potter. He doesn't really have any impact on Harry or the story. You can take him out and the story wouldn't be affected. Um, you There are obviously transactional exchanges and he does create a bit of conflict and that's you know sometimes minor characters do that um, or perhaps they bring information actually I think it's his cat Mr Filch's cat that tends to create the problems but uh, the point is there is no you know you could give that action to another character and uh, you wouldn't lose anything now of course um, that wouldn't be the case for uh, Ron and Hermione who are what's classed as or what I class as major characters. Now major characters should represent the theme, they should have a character arc, they should have their own subplots and so looking at uh, Ron and Hermione, let's take Hermione because she's probably the easier example, she goes from very very arrogant know-it-all to much more humble towards the end of the um, series and so that is her kind of uh, character arc, her subplot, you know, her, her personal goal is to be academically brilliant and pass all her exams and she um, has her subplot around the time turner device that enables her to take more exams uh, and more lessons. So that's working through an example of a major character and of course you can't take those two characters out without the story being impacted. So hopefully you can see the difference between the uh, different types of characters. All right, on to the next tip. I am terrible with numbers, as you know, and every time I try to count in a podcast, I always fuck it up. So uh, I think it's tip three, I want to say. Anyway, um, so this next tip is all about uh, the three whys. Um, so what are the three whys and why are they important? Well, one of the things that I think writers struggle with is creating depth or realistic characters. Now the reason why that's difficult is because there are only so many pages that side characters get. They obviously don't have the page time that a protagonist has to explore um, their character, their personality, their arcs. Of course it is difficult to get that depth when you just don't have the space to explore it. Um, so what can you do? Well one of the most uh, well, one of the easiest things that you can do is to create the illusion of depth. Now, yes, it is okay. You don't have to um, have full and comprehensive depth. You can just use an illusion. So how do you do that? Well, one of the easiest ways to do that is using the three why method. The first why then is why do they exist in relation to the protagonist? Well, no matter what you may think of side characters and no matter how many different literary uh, devices and tools they are and become in your story, realistically they exist for the protagonist. They ex exist to either hinder or um, help the protagonist uh, in their journey. So either they're there creating conflict and hampering the protagonist, maybe they are um, putting problems and obstacles in the way, or maybe they're there helping the protagonist and creating um, 
I don't know, helping the protagonist to reflect or to um, find information or solve issues. Either way, they are only there for one of two reasons. I am mostly speaking about the major side characters here. Um, these whys don't um, affect the cameos and they can occasionally affect a minor character. Now, the reason I say that is because... Um, you know, in the case of Mr. Filch, even though he's not impacting on the story, he does create a bit of conflict and therefore you could argue that he is um, hampering the protagonist and um, that's his why, his protagonist why. So there are small examples where minor characters might have a protagonist why. But broadly speaking, you need to know your major character's protagonist. Why? Are they there for good reasons or bad reasons? Are they there? What is their function in terms of the protagonist? Okay, that's the first why. Now, the second why is really what will create the illusion of depth. And that is, why do they exist outside of the protagonist? So um, they need some kind of personal goal um, or a uh, project or reason for existing. So let's say... Um, Hermione. Hermione's protagonist why is that she's there to help Harry defeat Voldemort. Her personal why though is about her academic studies. She wants to get good grades, she wants to learn all the things, she wants to do well in her exams. So that is her personal why and that is what gives her the illusion of depth because she has something outside of Harry um, and his story and where you can really gain that traction and depth is by making that personal why conflict with the protagonist's journey. So in the case of Hermione, sometimes um, her knowledge it, uh, that she has learnt through her personal why and her studies helps Harry to solve a problem or to create a spell or whatever. And then other times, um, it actually gets in the way and causes friction between their friendships, like the time turner that caused problems because she was keeping secrets from Harry. And so using that personal why um, and letting it intersect with the protagonist's journey, either for good reasons or bad reasons, is one way to really let your side characters shine. All right, and then the last why is the scene why. Each of your characters should have a reason why they are in the scene. I have read countless manuscripts where they go into a scene. Um, let's say there's six characters going into a scene and you know maybe only three or four of them have a conversation and then all six characters leave again. That is not good enough. If your characters are not doing something, saying something, uh, making a problem, solving, a problem, bringing information, unearthing something, um, then they don't need to be there and you can get rid of them. Every single character in every single scene should be doing something. All right, the last thing that I wanted to cover in this episode was around killing characters. Now, there are a multitude of reasons for and against killing characters, and I do go into a very detailed breakdown of uh, the reasons why you should and shouldn't kill your characters uh, in the book, and I think that is step seven? 
want to say. Um, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about on this episode is what happens after a character death. One thing that a lot of writers do is not to give a consequence to a death. Now, of course, if you have a cameo, um, and even to some extent minor character, they don't necessarily need significant consequences. They just need perhaps a nod to the fact that somebody has died. However, um, some of your more significant minor characters and your major side characters should provide um, consequences. Now, what do I mean by consequence? Well, consequences can be in one of two forms. One is an emotional consequence. So how do people feel? Are they, are they, were you expecting them to feel um, happy or sad? And they perhaps they feel relief or they feel anger, I don't know. Um, unexpected emotional responses tend to provide um, slightly more depth because, um, you know, we all naturally will sometimes react differently uh, in a situation, especially in a high emotion situation than we, you know, might necessarily uh, behave normally because, you know, it's hard to regulate emotions under those situations. And then the other type of consequence is a uh, plot conflict, a uh, plot consequence. So maybe that is creating conflict uh, by a death. Perhaps it was, um, you know, a king's child and uh, it, it was made out like the enemy killed them, you know, so that's going to create conflict. Or perhaps um, it removes an obstacle by uh, some, perhaps somebody was getting in the way. Obviously, you don't want the death to be convenient uh, because that is bad for your plot, but it could remove an obstacle. Maybe it creates um, some kind of, um, I don't know, perhaps it reveals information or perhaps the person who died has information and is the only person with that information and now that information is lost, so that creates a complication. Whatever um, happens, there must be a consequence, be it good, bad, or something in between, but the death of a character must create some kind of physical change in your story. The pace, the energy, the tension, something has to move and shift with this character death. Otherwise, it was completely pointless. All right, so those are a few very quick tips from uh, the book. And if you, of course, all of these tips have far more depth uh, if you read the book. <laughs> um, and if you would like to start to put some of these into practice, then I also have a workbook that goes alongside the textbook. So if you would like to get yourselves a copy of either of the books, if you found these tips interesting and would like more details and more information, then you can get my books on any store. Um, I am wide and I will put links in the show notes. Or of course, you could order directly from me as well. Um, I've got digital copies on my web store now and I've also got signed paperbacks. I have just run out of stock but I've got, um, I ordered another uh, batch to come in a, a couple of days ago. So they're on back order, they are going to arrive and so you can get a signed custom personalised um, copy if you would like to. Okay, that's it for today's bonus episode. I will see you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review. Oh,